You're listening to the Arsenal Church Podcast. To learn more about the Arsenal, go to thearsenal.church. And if you'd like to receive more content throughout your week, feel free to download the Arsenal Church app. I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. I th- Thanksgiving, honestly, I think is my favorite holiday. There's there's something very like warm and cozy about it. Um, I that's usually the holiday, either Thanksgiving or Christmas, when like all my family comes in. I got some teachers in the fam- my sister in law and my sister in California are both teachers, and so when they're off, they fly in. They didn't fly in this year, but we had a big family gathering, and there's just something special about like the the focus of thankfulness. And so this week we're gonna focus a little bit on being thankful, as we do pretty much every. Sunday after Thanksgiving every year here. That's kind of kind of how we do it. Um, this morning, just as we do every Sunday morning, we started off with good things. And Chad asked you guys, you know, what are you thankful for? What are some good things? And there were some big ones. Usually what we have is like, they're pretty big things, right? Like people, right? Nate, like a, a person, like that's a big thing to be thankful for. And even things like, hey, my dog's uh, cone came off. Like, See, we laugh, but that could be like a very stressful thing in a home when you're constantly dealing with the cone and the dogs having all these like like medical issues that require the cone and you're going to see the vet. Like it's a stressful thing. So that's actually a, a, can be a very like impactful thing to happen. And when Robert said, I'm thankful for coffee, everybody kind of snickered a little bit, but you take coffee away and see what happens. (laughs) For real. So... I want to I want to shift a little bit like let's I want to I want you guys to interact with me here Um, and I want you to think of something else that you're thankful for but make it I want like the smallest pettiest things like what's what's a a, the little thing that you're thankful for and I'll, I'll, I'll get you going like to me one thing is like the evolution of um genes if some of you guys don't know because because you didn't experience what jeans used to be like. When I was a kid, jeans were like the, like, we didn't know because we didn't have anything to really compare it to besides like sweatpants. We didn't know, but those jeans were uncomfortable. They were stiff and they were scratchy and they did, they did not stretch. Like all jeans stretch now. Like, so like stretchy jeans, like. I'm super thankful for those. Every, I think about that every time I put jeans on. And I, I remember when, everybody remember, I'm, you guys remember DeMarcus, right? If, well, some of you don't because you weren't here. Um, we used to have someone who worked here named DeMarcus. He moved to Florida and he's doing really great. Um, but he used to come, we would come for work. And I remember one day he goes, man, why do you, how do you always wear jeans, man? Like so uncomfortable. Because he would always come and he'd be in like a tank top and like shorts and and Crocs, you know, that was like his office attire. Um, but he was also like in really good shape, so he could pull it off quite well. But he'd be like, why are you always wearing jeans? You're so uncomfortable. And I'm like, dude, you do not understand. Like, these are like, jeans now are like pajamas. Like, they're, they're the same as sweatpants. You just, you just never experience like what jeans used to be, right? So like jeans, like comfy jeans, like that's a big one. Um, I don't know, like a, a little thing like the smell of eucalyptus. I, I mean, right? No? No? Am I the only one? Like eucalyptus? Yes, thank you. That was getting awkward for a couple seconds there. Um, naps? Like, 
Uh, maybe that's a big one. That doesn't qualify. All right, that's, that's a, kind of a big one. But even little naps, like, oh, man, if I can just close my eyes for a couple of seconds. Sometimes I come home after work, and I'm like, nap, and then make dinner, right? Like, naps. So who's got something? I mean, you guys got to one-up me here, like so, something even more petty. Automatic pet feeders. Nice, nice. Blinkers? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Use your blinkers, people. What do you got, Mark? Ketchup, man, that's what's up. I mean, like, this is kind of a big one. Ketchup and, and, and like, some sort of fried potato. Like, who, who, what person in history, like, decided let's dig up this root out of the ground, slice it up into pieces, fry it in this oil that we have, and then we're going to sprinkle salt over it, and then we're going to dip it in this concoction of vinegar and ketchup, or vinegar and tomatoes and sugar, and it's going to be the most delightful thing that you've ever tasted. All right, we had another one. Amazon Alexa. Like, not just Amazon, because Amazon, like, not everybody here, I think, was even around. Like, do you guys remember what it was like before Amazon? And then, like, with Alexa, like, let's, like, let's one-up this, right? Like, hey, Alexa, I need paper towels. You know what I mean? Like, man, these little conveniences. And it seems like, like a, a little thing, but it's like we become, I don't know, dependent. Um, anybody else got something? Well-made mac and cheese, man. Oh, my goodness. That's what's... Uh, I, you know what? Here's the thing. I even like cheap mac and cheese. Like, but then, like, when it's well-made, it's just like, it's, it's another level. All right, we got it. Did we have a couple more? So you're also thankful for blinkers when they're available. All right, was there another, Mahdi? No auto start. I know, same. Yeah, that auto start. That's that's. I'm I'm hopefully getting a new car like around the first of the year or maybe summer, because. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I have like this 20 year old car and I'm like, hold on, just a, a little, hang in there, hang in there. Um, but yeah, the auto start, like when it's hot outside, especially in summers, like even, I think our summers even more so than when it's really cold, like to be able to get into a car that, that the AC has been going on, that's nice. Okay. Let's like take an inventory around the room. Like there are more smiles in here than I have seen in here. Like, almost ever, like, everybody's, like, there's a good mood, we're smiling, all because we thought of, like, the pettiest, smallest things to be thankful for. Um, thankfulness is extremely powerful. Um, there's this book called What Happy People Know, and then the subtitle is How the New Science of Happiness Can Change Your Life for the Better. It's written by Dr. Dan Baker, and, and I'm just going to read an excerpt um, from this book. 
so that we can understand not just from a spiritual side, but from a very scientific side, the power of thankfulness. Dr. Baker says this, during active appreciation, the threatening messages from your amygdala, uh, which is the fear center of the brain, and the anxious instincts from your brain stem are cut off. Suddenly and surely from access to your brain's neocortex where they can fester, replicate themselves, and turn your stream of thoughts into a cold river of dread. It is a fact of neurology that the brain cannot be in a state of appreciation and a state of fear at the same time. The two states may alternate but are mutually exclusive. What he said was that active appreciation cuts off the ability for fear to get to your brain. You cannot be in a state of appreciation and fear simultaneously. 2,000 years before that, the Apostle Paul wrote this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, Keyword here, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then here's the promise. When you come to God with thankfulness, here's the promise. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Look at God in science, like just. New science comes out, and the Apostle Paul's like, that's what I've been saying. <laughs> Thankfulness leads to peace. Thankfulness in any situation, even in a situation of fear, can give peace. And I think if we're honest, if we sort of take an inventory about what does peace look like in my life, like if you had to put it on a graph, like if we had to graph this thing out over time, like what would the, amount, the level of peace look like in your life? Mine would be like, you know what I, you know what I mean? Like it's up and it's down. And sometimes I, I go through long periods of like, hey, everything's really good. This is weird. And then and then something goes horribly wrong. And then what happens when my circumstances change is my peace is just gone and I'm torn up inside. And I don't think that's the type of peace that God has in mind when he says the peace of God will guard your heart and guard your mind. I think there's something much more steady that we have access to not just when our circumstances are good, because let's be honest, that's easy. Peace, when things are good, is easy. The peace that we're looking for is the peace when things are down here, when our circumstances are rough. How, how do we access peace in the hard times? 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, let me, let me talk about this verse for a second, because this isn't always what we want to hear when things are not going well, is it? Like when things are going rough and somebody's like, hey, brother, 
give thanks. You're like, shut up. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? Like when, when well-meaning people try to encourage you when things are horrible, you're like, dude, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that all things work for the good of those who, like, no. Because often what's happening is what, the way that we receive that and often the way that it's meant is that we need to ignore our bad things or convince ourselves that this really horrible thing that's happening is actually good. We go, all things work together for good, so God's going to take this bad thing and it's going to be even better. And we see this like um, in the story of Job. In the Bible, nobody suffered in all of humankind more than this guy Job, right? Like he's, he's like, he went through all of it. Like I th the worst thing happened to him that I can think of that can happen to a person and his children died. Like, I, I, I can't even, I can't wrap my head around that. His children died, and then at the end of the story, it's like, and then he had more children, and we're supposed to go like, oh, God worked everything out for good. His children died, but he got more. Better kids. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know what I mean? Like, no. Job's children dying was a catastrophe, and it was terrible. And we don't have to pretend that it was actually a good thing in disguise because he got more kids. No, it was, it, was, it was horrible. And so some of these verses give thanks in all circumstances, and then to, like, double down, like, this is God's will. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's almost like some guilt getting poured onto this. I think we need to understand where is this coming from? Because often the problem that we have when we're in difficult times and people are telling us, be thankful, don't worry, like put a positive spin on it, they don't understand, right? When you're going through a difficult time and somebody's trying to make you happy, I think maybe it's because they're uncomfortable with your dark emotions. They're trying to make you happy and you don't want to hear it. It's because the problem is they don't understand. Now, this verse, give thanks in all circumstances, it, it came from the Apostle Paul, who constantly had his life on the line, who essentially betrayed everyone that he had, like, community with. He, like, he was, he was with the Pharisees. He's the one that said, hey, let's stone the Christians. And then suddenly he just totally flipped. He lost everybody he had. And when he tried to go join the apostles who were there, they didn't trust him. They were scared to death of this guy. He had, he had nobody. This is a guy who was captured, beaten, eventually beheaded, thrown into pits with lions. People hated this guy. And he's going like shipwrecked, like, and then he's like, give thanks in all circumstances. I think when it's coming from somebody who has that type of life, there's something there that we can trust and something that we can hold on to. One of the key words in this verse here is the word in. 
in all circumstances. Notice that Paul doesn't say, give thanks for all circumstances. I, th I think sometimes that's the way that we take it, and, it, and honestly, that's kind of ridiculous. But Paul's saying, no, 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 in all circumstances, give, give thanks. We don't have to do that thing where we pretend that it would be, that it's better this way. Some things are just, no, it would be better if this did not happen. What we can know is that God will not let our pain and our suffering go in vain. That he does use the worst things to bring good. And what that doesn't mean is that we have to be happy that bad things are happening. Like it, it's, it's natural and okay and good to mourn and grieve. And yeah, some things are worth just being sad over. We see it play out in the life of King David. King David was a person who, who knew grief. I'm going to try to lay out in a PG-13 way of, of what he was going through. Maybe I'll, I'll try to keep it more PG here. Um, one of David's sons did something unspeakable to one of David's daughters. And one of David's other sons decided that that wasn't acceptable, so he killed his brother. And then that same brother was mad at his cousin, and David said, don't you dare kill your cousin. And what did he do? He killed his cousin when David specifically asked him not to. And then that wasn't enough. He was like, you know what? I'm going to be king. So he started chasing David. He wanted to be king. So the, put ourselves in David's sandals. And I have to say it every time. Um, put ourselves in, in David's position and think about this. Think about how torn up your children are right now. One of them's dead. One of them has been through a horrific ordeal. The other one's trying to kill you. Like, I think so. We, we read about these things, and, and it's really easy to be detached. But, like, take a second and just, like, just let that, like, sort of just brush up against your reality for a second. How devastating that is on a personal level. How hurt a person is when this is the state of your children. Here's what David wrote, and I, I think he, he allows us to, to catch how this was affecting him. Psalm 69, verses 1 through 3, he says, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I have come into the deep waters. The floods engulf me. I am worn out calling for help. My throat is parched. My eyes fail looking for God. We got, we got how he's feeling. 
And then watch this. Skip down to verse 30. This is all written in one go, right? Like this, this is all him writing. Skip down to verse 30, and here's what he says. I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. I, I don't think that David was thankful for his situation. Like, is that, is that pretty fair to say? David was not thankful of what was going on with his children. He wasn't thankful that he was having to run from his son who was trying to kill him. And yet he dares to bring up this word, thanksgiving. When you look at David's writings, the things that he, were th- he was thankful for was the steadfast love and mercy of God. David was in a state of simultaneous torment, maybe alternating we have to call it because I just read some science, torment, and yet there was a stream of peace. He didn't have to ignore what was going on in order to be thankful. And I think this is, this is the peace that we often miss out on. It's not the peace when everything is good, right? It's, it, again, it's easy to feel peace when our circumstances are peaceful. Like, I want, I want that peace like Jesus sleeping in the boat while the boat's sinking kind of peace. Like, that's a good nap. I want that peace when life seems to be falling apart and then you go like, I'm coming to God with thankfulness. Like shipwrecked. And Paul goes, content in all things. We sang that today, being content in all things. And sometimes that's like, dude, don't tell me to be content right now. Right? That's a fair emotion. That's a fair response. What I'm telling you today is you can be upset and you can dislike your circumstances and they can be terrible and we can acknowledge that and yet thankfulness can still exist in that same space. So this peace, not a peace that comes when things are good, but a peace that is deep and steady when life is unapologetically horrible? Like, that's my question. How do do we access that? How how do I have a peace that's like, it's like here? Right? It's just, it's just there. And I I think the key to that is this. Two things. One is find peace, find thankfulness, in the common things. We did that today. Things that we don't normally think about to be thankful for. You know why? Because they're always there. The little things. Like, what if every time you go, hey, Alexa, you like a stream of thankfulness just like flowed through? What if every time you, you, you took a sip of coffee, Instead of going like, if I don't get my coffee, I'm going to be terrible. 
you go, I'm so thankful for this coffee. The common, the regular. I, I feel like we do pretty good at being thankful for so the people, jobs, raises, like, like the, these sort of major things in life, right? What if we could access that peace through thankfulness for the, the little things? So the little things, because this is an often unaccessed source of peace for us, is thankfulness for the little things. And then there's actually something bigger. There's the eternal and unshakable. And I, I want to I give you this list. If there was ever th- anything that I, I would tell you to write down, it, it's this. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to be one of those pastors that's like, you need to write this down. Um, <laughs> But like this is this is these are some things that we teach regularly here. These are some core ideas. And these are some things that people will try to to add like a like a oh but you know like conditions on and God doesn't do that. Let me let me let me tell you about the unconditional love of God. And here's some things to be thankful for. God is for you. For you. Like as a person, he wants to see peace and joy in your life. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, no matter what anyone has ever told you. God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. There's never a moment when God doesn't love you. Let's take that a step further, right? There's never a moment. You think about the worst moment in your life when you've made the worst choices, you've had the worst feelings towards other people. God loves you deeply in those moments. God is not holding your sin against you. That's what Jesus was for. That's what Jesus was telling the world God is not holding your sin against you. The Bible tells us with a single sacrifice, Jesus, the sins of all time have been paid. And therefore, God is not mad at you. God is not disappointed in you. Last one, you never have to ask God to come close because he is as close as he could ever be. The Bible teaches us that we are united with Christ and he has promised not to leave in your good moments, in your bad moments. So that's where I want us to be today is is to access peace through thankfulness from two sources that we don't often get it. The small, the pettiest little things that you can imagine and the massive, eternal love and acceptance that God gives us. 
And, and I think a lot of us, if, if you're like me, you might have grown up where there, there were these conditions on, on these statements that I just read. Conditions. But if you And that, that's where I introduce rules and laws into earning God's love and acceptance, and that's exactly the system that Jesus came to break. Jesus came to say, no more of that. This God who is love so loves the world. Like, that's a big statement, right? The world. Because do you know what people in the world have done? And yet, God loves and loves and loves and loves. So this is my encouragement to you now, is that thankfulness is not just this thing that we access sometimes when we're like, oh man, life's not feeling too great. Let me access some peace through thankfulness. And it's not just this thing that we do around Thanksgiving but let it become a way of life. It's kind of like going on a diet. You know, there's a lot of like crash diets and I've done it and you know what, it works, but it's not sustainable, right? Well, I think sometimes we look at diets and we're like, which one works? They all work, but which one's gonna be sustainable? And if you ask a dietitian or a doctor, they're gonna tell you we need to make some tweaks in your lifestyle. Like stop going on diets, lifestyle. And that's what thankfulness should be. Yeah, like, yeah, we can do a crash diet here. We can talk about what we're thankful for. And you know what's going to happen? We're going to feel good and warm and fuzzy, and we're going to access that true peace. But it's going to be fleeting because thankfulness has not become a part of who we are, and it's not become a lifestyle for us. And in order for that to become a lifestyle, you have to be intentional about practicing it. So I want you to think about this. When can you access that peace through thankfulness for the smallest, pettiest things? Like always? Always? When can you access the peace that comes from the full love and acceptance of God, no matter what you've ever been told, that God's mad at you or disappointed in you or that he's coming for you? This God loves you and he accepts you. When is that peace accessible? Always. Because his love is steadfast. His love is not shakable. We have access to that peace through thankfulness for God's love. We have access to peace through thankfulness for the pettiest little things. So be thankful. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says this. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness. What happens when you are determined to be a thankful person? It, it, it overflows and it might be really annoying to the people around you at first, but guess what? They're going to catch on. I have a hard time with, like, I don't want to be that annoying person, but you know what? I also want to be happy. 
I also want peace in my life. And it's a real peace. It's, it's not a peace where I'm pretending that horrible things are good. It's not a peace where I'm pretending that I'm living up to God's standard and therefore he accepts me. It's a peace that acknowledges that some things are horrible. And in the face of that, I can still find joy in the pettiest little things and that God's love isn't going anywhere. And that's the thankfulness that I want you to carry, that I want you to have. And watch that peace turn into joy. And watch it overflow and begin to affect the people around you. And turn stressful situations and stressful relationships into joyful relationships. And when you hit life's hardest times, there's still God's love there. And there's still the joy and the peace that comes from thankfulness in all things. So I would love for you to go with your thankfulness overflowing this week. And even more than that, I would love for this to become a way of life. Let it be a thing you do. Let it be a habit. And let it become who you are. Gratitude, thankfulness. It seems so simple, and, and it is. But it can be so life-changing. So today, let your thankfulness be contagious. Let it bring peace to those around you and inside of you. And Arsenal family, go love well because that's who you are made to be. We love you and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Our hope is that you feel loved and encouraged. If you have questions or need prayer, please email hello at thearsenal.church and don't forget to download the Arsenal Church app.